I want to share with you briefly, and then we're going to go into communion. Uh, if you have your Bible, please look at Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4 to 7. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to 7, in the NIV translation, I particularly like the rendering of that there. And I would well believe that for a number of you that you would really love this passage of Scripture. It is one that is special to me. I love it. And let's just read it. So here it is the Apostle Paul that is writing to the church at Philippi. He is writing from prison and he's telling them to rejoice. How's that? So it says here, the Apostle Paul speaking, he says, rejoice. Please say that word. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. It's interesting that that little phrase comes right after rejoicing. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then the promise comes in verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that a beautiful passage of Scripture? How many of you, by a show of hands, you particularly love this passage of Scripture? It is really beautiful. And uh, the first aspect that we see is this aspect of rejoicing. Today, there's been a lot of rejoicing in the service. <laughs> There's been rejoicing because our Springboks won the World Cup. There's been rejoicing because we've had rain. There's been rejoicing in singing and song, and it's wonderful. I want to tell you, when you walk out of this place, your countenance is looking different to when you came in. The security guards at our gates, they tell us when the people leave the services, they look happier. <laughs> except those that fight in the parking lots. <laughs> Just kidding. But this aspect of rejoicing is so important. And I feel that we as Christians could do well to increase our rejoicing. It will improve your health. Rejoice in the Lord. And the Bible also says, delight yourself in the Lord. And there's a number of scriptures that have a similar emphasis. And so I want to encourage you, maybe in your life you've not been rejoicing as much as you used to. The enemy loves it if he can take away your joy and take away your song. It's so wonderful when somebody has a song in their heart, when they're whistling a, a tune and there's a, there's a joy in their heart. And, and so I want to remind you that the enemy tries to take away your joy because then he takes away your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. No joy, very little strength. And so rejoicing is very key. Somebody might say, well, John, maybe, maybe you've got things to re rejoice in, but 
you know, I've had a very, very difficult year. And I don't really have much to rejoice in. But the, the, the Bible says rejoice in the Lord. Yes, we need to count it all joy through the circumstances that we're going through. But I want to remind you, primarily, your rejoicing is in your God, in your good Father, in the one that's given you everything that you need for life and godliness. Your rejoicing is in what God has made available to you, your relationship, that the veil has been removed. You come right into his presence. And I want to tell you, there is endless rejoicing when you're rejoicing in the Lord. You can never stop rejoicing in the Lord. In other words, find things that they, oh, okay, now I've run out. Now there's nothing more to be joyful about in the Lord. And so I want to encourage you. Because we are moving into this last part of the year, which for some people is uh, quite a difficult one. There's lots of things you're trying to close off and tenders and deals and trying to reach sales targets and trying to get uh, sort of, you know, uh, completion of work so that maybe if you're going to be going away that you can feel a little bit more like chilled, you know. But I want to say that if you rejoice in the Lord in this time, I believe that you'll be in a better frame of heart and mind. Tell the person next to you, rejoice in the Lord. There's also this aspect of gentleness. Would you please say the word gentleness? gentleness? Now, it says there, let your gentleness be evident to all. In today's modern culture, gentleness is not something that's really put out there as, wow, this is the thing you need to be doing. You need to be more gentle. It's not really put out there like that. But in the Word of God, from where we get our leading, gentleness is valued. When you think of the Sermon on the Mount and what Jesus spoke about, there was a gentleness that came through. I want to remind you that the fruit of the Spirit includes gentleness, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control, etc. And so gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit. And so it's not surprising if there's not a lot of gentleness out in the world because it's a fruit of the spirit-filled believer. But gentleness brings harmony. When we are short with each other in a husband in a husband and wife relationship, if you're not gentle, what happens? Strife. Sometimes we see strife in our home and we say, Lord, let the strife stop, let the strife stop. But God is saying to you, let the gentleness increase. I believe the marriages which are most successful are the marriages where there's a gentleness between a husband and wife as they settle an issue, even a very, very difficult issue. There needs to be a spirit of gentleness. And the Bible says, let your gentleness be evident to all. There's also this aspect in this passage of not allowing anxious thoughts to take over. It seems to be that anxiety is a growing phenomenon, a growing problem in society in these last years. How many of you would be prepared to say in the last seven days you had an anxious thought? Raise a hand if that's you. Tell the truth and shame the devil. <laughs> now, how many of you would be prepared to go a step further and say that, John, 
I actually sometimes I struggle with anxiety. My hands up. Many people struggle in this area. But the Lord is talking to us and he's saying that there's this way in which I want to help you, my child. I want you to be rejoicing and delighting in me. And then when anxious thoughts come, then instead of dwelling on them, you turn it into prayer. Do not be anxious, but pray. Do not be anxious, but pray. Now, this doesn't mean that the anxious thoughts don't come, but what you do with them, the answer is given in the faultless word of God. And so I want to say to you as believers, the answer for us to get greater and greater victory over anxiety in this day and age is that when the anxious thought comes, then we intentionally pray about that. You might be thinking, God, I don't know how I'm gonna have enough petrol money to take my family on holiday. You know, it's holidays coming up and I'd love to take them away for a few days to somewhere and I don't have enough petrol money and I have the accommodation. But you know, the moment those thoughts come into your mind, I would encourage you that you pray because that's the scriptural basis. Maybe you're thinking about varsity fees for next year, your child's going to varsity. Or maybe you're in a situation where your kid's in creche and the creche fees aren't too expensive, but now they're going to private school and this is like a step up in the costs and so on. And the anxious thought comes, will there be provision? Will I be able to pay the bills? Will my house be repossessed? And in that moment is when you need to pray and you need to say, I look to you, Father. I have no one else, but I look to you. Would you please provide for me? And so the Lord is encouraging us, not allowing the anxious thoughts to take over, but when they come, we resort to prayer. That is the secret. When the anxious thought comes, we resort to prayer. We resort to prayer. And then there is the promise of peace. I'm so grateful to God for all his promises in his word. So many promises. But there's this one in verse seven, and it says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I want to tell you, child of God, this is a promise to you. And promises should be taken and appropriated and say, well, Lord, I believe in you that you will fulfill this promise of peace. So essentially, what this little passage is saying, God is saying, listen, what you do is this. You are choosing as a matter of lifestyle to delight in me and to rejoice. Then, as anxious thoughts come, you're choosing to give them to me in prayer. That's it. And then God says, I promise you, you can take this to the bank kind of thing. I promise you that peace will come. And God says that this peace is so remarkable, it blows your mind firstly, <laughs> because it uh, transcends understanding, uh, AKA blows your mind, a younger translation, but it says it will guard, that term is a military term, it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the child of God can live in a place where your heart and mind is guarded in Christ Jesus. What a wonderful God we serve. Come on, give the Lord a hand. (laughs) 
Now, the scripture. Why don't you read it with me? Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's thank the Lord for His word.